Welcome to Pastor Potluck. This is Peter Constantian, and I am doing a check-in moment for the podcast. Court gave us one of these a couple of weeks ago, and we're trying to bring you some kind of content, some kind of thought that you can carry with you during weeks where Court and I do not get to sit down together or with other pastors or guests on the show. We're entering Lent, which is a busy season for pastors and for churches. And so this week with our Thursday Lenten lunch services at First United Methodist Church in Canton and with Ash Wednesday preparations, we just weren't able to get a podcast together. And so instead, you have an opportunity to hear from me by myself, me, myself, and I, which I might add was the theme for Reverend Billy Staley's uh, sermon at our first Lenten lunch series. Um, for those of you who would like to attend that, I do encourage it. It's a great way to hear from other pastors in the community and you get lunch too. So if you would like to join and hear from some of our local celebrity clergy members in the Canton Missional Network, please come to Canton First United Methodist Church Thursday at noon for the service and then there will be a meal served at 12 30 downstairs it's a great time and the theme for this year that all of the pastors are preaching on is what does the cross mean to me i'm hoping to have these live streamed as well uh, so stay tuned and uh, we will try to get those out to you so if you're not able to participate in person you can still tune in either live or watch a recording later because i am sure that these pastors are going to have some good things to talk about. In fact, uh, my podcast partner, Court Green, the Reverend Dr. Court Green at Canton First Baptist Church, will be giving our sermon this coming Thursday, uh, Thursday the 2nd of March. So please uh, keep that in mind. I hope you all see you at Canton First United Methodist Church Thursdays at noon. So without further ado, I want to dive right into a little bit of scripture from our lectionary this week in the first sun, for, the, for the first Sunday of Lent. We are talking about original sin. Original sin is a concept that was developed by Christians after the resurrection. And it is a way of reading uh, the, the passages that we find in Genesis chapter 2 and 3. It's important to note that original sin is a Christian doctrine. We sometimes forget that the what we call the Old Testament scriptures or the Hebrew Bible or the Torah are not only Christian documents, right? And so we are reading Genesis with a Christian lens, but that's not the only way to read Genesis. And in rabbinic tradition, there is no doctrine of original sin as we understand it as we have inherited it from St. Augustine and others. That being said, let me read this passage that was selected for us for the first Sunday in Lent from Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, and chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Listen now for the word of, of the Lord. The Lord God took the human and settled him in the Garden of Eden to farm it, and to take care of it. The Lord God commanded the human, eat your fill from all of the garden's trees, 
but don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because on the day you eat from it, you will die. The snake was the most intelligent of all the wild animals that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say that you shouldn't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the snake, We may eat the fruit of the garden's trees, but not the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. God said, Don't eat from it, and don't touch it, or you will die. The snake said to the woman, You won't die. God knows that on the day you eat from it, you will see clearly, and you will be like God knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was beautiful and delicious with delicious food and that the tree would provide wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it and also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then they both saw clearly and knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made garments for themselves. This is the word of God for all people, read from the Common English Bible. As I said earlier, this passage of Scripture is what many Christians point to when we start to talk about the concept of original sin. But it's important for us to pause for a moment and Decide if we really understand what that concept means. Many people use the phrase original sin and throw it out there, but do we really understand what that means? Is the original sin simply taking a fruit from a tree that was prohibited and eating it? What is the meaning of original sin and why is it so important in the overall Christian doctrine? Well, I wanted to I want to put forward to you a, a suggestion that the the story of the fruit in the garden and whether or not uh, that constituted a sin is really kind of a small and useless debate. And yet it's one that we constantly get uh, caught up in. I think what's more interesting and what's more meaningful to talk about is what is what is at the core of of our human existence that causes us to separate from each other and to separate ourselves from God what is it about us that makes us want to go off on our own to do and choose for ourselves because in this passage we see both at work we see the woman taking a suggestion from the snake and the man taking a suggestion from the woman. And in so doing, they turn away from God. And then at the end of this passage, we see that, that after they have eaten the fruit, they see clearly, it says, and they knew that they were naked. So they covered themselves in a way, turning away from each other. It seems to me that they were naked before and after eating this fruit. And so if nakedness itself were wrong, God would have done the knitting of the sewing of the fig leaves for them before they ever touched 
the fruit of the knowledge of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So it doesn't seem to suggest that nakedness itself is wrong, but what has happened is that by taking this fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, human beings have uh, taken judgment for themselves. They have become judges. Uh, Father Tim McCree was at our lectionary group meeting on Wednesday and suggested according to rabbinic tradition, that this is not a fall downward, but a fall upward. The human beings, like the snake said, became more like God by receiving the ability to know good and evil. But the catch was that each of them took the fruit and each of them received this knowledge of good and evil. That is to say, each one of them became a judge, became someone who decides what is good and what is evil. And so uh, the, the act of sowing fig leaves and covering themselves indicates that perhaps because now they, they understand that there is right and wrong, but that both of them have this new perception, this new sight, that they don't trust each other anymore. They've lost trust for one another because they're not sure what the other person will think. And if we're being honest with ourselves, that is something that we also experience. We also are unsure and afraid of how other people may judge us. There are some theologians who have written extensively on this passage and on the concept of original sin itself. One of them is an author named James Allison, who in a book called The Joy of Being Wrong, Original Sin Through Easter Eyes, lays out this doctrine of original sin as something that could not have emerged before the resurrection. He says that Jesus Christ reveals to us what the original sin was. Namely, not that, uh, that two humans ate a fruit long ago that they, were they weren't supposed to, and now, now we all choose between right and wrong, and we have this gift of judgment, which oftentimes gets us in trouble because we're not really good at it, but that, uh, that the, the true original sin is the is what Allison and a theologian or anthropologist named Rene Girard would call a founding murder. Now, how does murder have to do with this passage from Genesis? Well, uh, Allison and Girard would suggest that when we talk about original sin, we're not immediately talking about this story, although this story is an example that can illustrate original sin. For Allison and Gerard, and I would say even St. Augustine long before them, original sin is that in the human being that causes us to turn against one another. And for all three of them, that original sin is desire. In the New Testament epistles, Paul will paraphrase the, the commandment not to covet by saying simply, do not desire. The thing about human desire is that we get it from one another. This is how children learn to know what is good to eat and what is not good to eat. Parents model for their children what is good to eat by making 
mouth sounds, by eating it themselves in front of the child. And children then model their behavior and their desire for food and drink on what their parents are doing. But what happens when that thing, which has uh, become the desire of more than one human being, is a scarce resource? Well, in the case of the children of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, we see that the sacrifice that Abel gave to the Lord was considered good, whereas Cain's sacrifice was dismissed. So Cain feels a sense of desire to have the blessing that his brother received. And since there was only one blessing, he decides that he must kill his brother so that he can be the sole recipient of the blessing of God. This is a turn from what we call mimetic desire to mimetic rivalry, and finally to sacrificial violence. This is the underlying and foundational murder that Allison, Gerard, and St. Augustine would point to when they talk about original sin. That propensity to want what others want, or we might say in common language, monkey see, monkey do, that causes this conflict that arises when we have scarce resources and leads to tension and violence between groups. And so looking back at this passage, many Christian theologians will see the desire that uh, that the woman has in the garden for the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which was modeled for her by the snake as the original sin, desiring that which has not been given by God. We turn away from God. Where do we see this in our own lives? Where has desire for what others have led us astray? It shouldn't be too difficult to think of examples. We are jealous people. We envy one another. And when we have the resources, we model our purchases and our decisions based on those we admire. That's all well and good until there's not enough to go around. And then what do we do? Well, we'll have to talk about that at a later date, but I assure you that this is an ongoing conversation that we will come back to over and over in Lent and also throughout the Christian year. What do we do when we don't get what we want? For Pastor Potluck, I'm Peter Constantian. Thanks, and may you have a blessed Lent.